Foundations of Pentecost dedicated to the repairing, restoring, preserving, and perpetrating the foundations of Pentecost. It is our prayer that as you listen, you will be encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And now, today's study from the Scripture. We have been studying our worship and uh, in a series entitled Our Worship, Ecstasy or Intimacy. And uh, today is the final lesson in this series. And so uh, we are going to be looking at a familiar passage of Scripture this morning. And I want to conclude this series with a lesson entitled, uh, (coughs) excuse me, Magnify the Lord with Me. Turn in your Bibles this morning to Psalm 34. And we're going to read the entire psalm. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. There's a big difference between true love and infatuation. True love is patient. It concerns itself with the needs of others. It's not seeking its own desires, but rather the benefits of another. Infatuation, on the other hand, is impatient. It desires immediate fulfillment, desiring its own needs to be met. It's based on physical attraction and seeks self-promotion. And it is the same often with our worship. A lot of times our worship, our worship which is an expression of our love for Jesus Christ or should be, but sometimes our worship is not based on love for Jesus Christ, but rather infatuation. Sometimes our worship is a desire to seek after self-glory or to honor ourselves, or sometimes it is because we are attracted to the body of Christ, or that is to the church. We uh, look at the church and, and we enjoy what we see going on there, and so our worship is based on our love for the church rather than a love for Jesus Christ. It may be because we enjoy the music or we enjoy the fellowship, or sometimes even 
we enjoy the works or the activities that take place around the church, but there is not a true and deep-seated love for Jesus Christ. And it is important that our worship be based upon a true love for Jesus Christ. The psalmist says here in Psalm 34, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And I want us to look at what the psalmist tells us this morning in magnifying of the Lord and how that we can magnify the Lord together and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, the psalmist tells us in verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. No matter what the time is, we are to bless and praise the Lord. Whether it is morning, noon, night, midnight, in the middle of the night, whatever uh, time it may be, we are to bless the Lord at all times. We are to bless Him continually. His praise should continually be in our mouth, no matter what the time is. It doesn't have to just happen in church. A lot of times we think of our worship as taking place in church. Or we may even think of our worship as taking place at that set-aside time for devotion. Whether Whatever time our time of devotion is. Whether it be in the morning when we first wake up or in the evening before we go to bed. We often think of our worship as taking place at that particular time. But our praise is to be throughout the day. Uh, continually worshiping his praise should be up on our mouth just as our prayer the uh, uh, Paul tells us that we are to pray without ceasing and so uh, not only are we to pray without ceasing but we should praise without ceasing we should worship without ceasing not only are we to worship the Lord at all times in, in every time of the day, but included in this is that we are to worship the Lord in every circumstance. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 and says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation may be, no matter what we are going through, we are to worship the Lord. That doesn't mean that every circumstance is good. That doesn't mean that everything that is going is, is something that we can can automatically just say wow I am so glad I am going through this but no matter what the circumstance is we can worship God there's no greater uh, example of this than in the life of Job whenever everything went against him whenever he had lost all of his riches whenever he had lost his children whenever he had lost his health yet he worshiped God he was able to bow and worship God and be uh, grateful to the Lord in spite of the fact that everything was against him and so it is when we go through difficulties in life when we go through hardships in life when we go through struggles in life 
we should praise the Lord no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what our difficulties is. We are to praise the Lord at all times. We are to praise the Lord in every circumstance because our worship is to be a consuming desire in our life. It should be something that consumes us. It should be something that is on our mind day and night no matter what we are doing, no matter where we are, no matter what our uh, situation in life is, we are consumed with a desire to worship Him. As we have talked about earlier in the series and as we have tried to point out through this series, worship isn't just a, a time when we have our hands raised or, or when we are clapping our hands or when we are singing, but our worship, everything that we do should bring worship and glory to God. Everything that we do should honor Him. Everything that we do should bring glory to Him. The Bible says that whatever our hand finds to do, to do all to the glory of God. So when we are at work, when we are, are at recreation, no matter what we are doing in our life, it should be worship and glory to God. Not only are we to worship God continually, but the Bible says that we are to worship Him in contrition. Verse 2 says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then you skip down to verse 18, and the Bible says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. In the book of Micah, chapter 6 and verse 8, the Bible says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord thy God. First of, our, uh, first of all, our worship as, as, a, as contrition has to be without pride. We are to humble ourselves when we come before God. Yes, the Bible tells us that we can boldly approach the throne of grace, but in our approaching the throne of grace, that does not mean that we come bragging and boasting in ourselves. but we must humble ourselves before God. We must realize that we are sinful creatures. Too often we want to come before God in worship and pretend as though we have no faults, as though we have no failures, as though we have no sin in our life. We recognize when we point to those who are without Christ that they need to come and, and recognize their sin and confess their sin and, and to be saved. But sometimes those of us who have been in church for years and those who uh, pursue a holy lifestyle and those uh, of us who, who profess godliness forget that the Bible says that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. Even though we have come to God for salvation, it is not what I have done. I am wretched. I am a sinner before God, and there is nothing good in me. The only righteousness that I have in me is that His righteousness has been imputed to me. It is the righteousness of Jesus Christ that allows 
allows me to come before God and to worship Him. And so I must come without pride, without thinking that I am holy, without thinking that I am good, but realizing that He is the only one who truly is holy. He is the only one who is truly pure. And so we come to God without pride. And our boasting must be in God alone. We must come before Him. Our worship is to praise Him, to lift Him up, to magnify Him. Far too often we come before God and we praise everything but God. Sometimes our worship is not to exalt Him, but we we come before God in exalting Him so that or, or to worship Him in an effort to get something for ourselves rather than to simply brag on God instead of coming to boast in God and to build up God and to exalt the name of God. We come to God to exalt Him in hopes that if we exalt Him enough, if we say the right words, if we if we praise in the right manner, then God will bless us according to our wants and God will give us our desires. But our worship is not to be about ourselves. Our worship is to boast in God. Our worship is to lift up the name of God. Our worship is to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. For He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He is the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Lord of Lords. His name is to be exalted. His name is to be lifted up. We need to boast in God and God alone. We are to come before the Lord contritely, without pride, boasting in God alone. And then we must consider others when we worship the Lord we must consider others before ourselves we must put others ahead of ourselves so often when we come together we do not consider others in our worship we want to worship in a way uh, that pleases us we want to worship God in a way that pleases us but we are to consider others in our worship as a matter of fact as we consider the needs of others it is part of our worship to reach out and to help our brothers and our sisters who are in need whether that be a material need or a physical need or a spiritual need we must consider others as part of our worship and so it is when we come together to worship, if our worship takes into consideration only ourselves and our worship is in such a manner that it makes it difficult for others to worship, then our worship is not a true worship. I have seen times that there have been those that worshipped in such a way or made such noise in their worship that it made it impossible for others to worship, but it drew attention to themselves. And when that happens, we are not worshipping God in contrition. We are to worship God continually. We are to worship God contritely. But then the Bible tells us that we are to worship the Lord corporately. The Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Last week, 
We talked about the necessity of worshiping together. We talked about coming together to the house of the Lord to worship. We talked about the fact that the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So much the more as we see the day approaching. As we talked about this and we talked about the need of worshiping together, we pointed out the fact that when we worship together, when we come together to the house of the Lord, it helps us to gain a proper perspective. It helps us to gain a proper perspective of sin. It helps us to gain a proper perspective of self and then it helps us to gain a proper perspective of the Savior it helps us to see that those who are in sin are not uh uh, succeeding in the way that we think that sometimes that we think they are. We read from the Psalm 73 where the psalmist writes and said, My feet had well nigh slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then he goes on and later in that psalm he says, He says, Until I went to the house of of the Lord and it was at the house of the Lord he began to see that the wicked would be judged even though their judgment may be delayed their judgment was sure and it helped him to gain a proper perspective and so it is sometimes we need to come to the Lord to gain a proper perspective we need to come into the house of the Lord to help us to get a proper perspective of who God is is, and to understand and to worship God as we ought. Not only does it give us a proper perspective, but there is a purpose in our coming together. We talked about that the early church gave themselves to the to the study of doctrine. They gave themselves to prayer. They gave themselves to fellowship and to communion. And and they they did these things coming together. There was a purpose. They also gave themselves to the edification. The Bible says that they were to provoke themselves. It tells us in the book of Hebrews, and we talked about it last week, to provoke one another to love and to good works. And so it is important for us to come together as a body to worship the Lord that we might encourage one another to love one another, to love God, and then we might encourage one another to good works. We are to worship the Lord continually. We are to worship the Lord contritely. We are to worship the Lord corporately. And then we are to worship the Lord considerately. Verse 34 and verse or uh, chapter of Psalm 34, rather, and, and verse 9 says, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Last month we had a lesson entitled Fearful in His Presence. We considered the need for a fear and an awe of the Almighty. And by saying that we are to worship the Lord considerately, I am talking about to worship Him in fear, to have an awe for the Almighty, to fear God. We must fear the Lord. 
Too often we have lost this fear for God. We think of God as our our our, our buddy or as our friend and and we have lost the reverence and the awe and the respect that we need to have for the Almighty. This requirement uh, this fear for God is a requirement. Scripture tells us that it is a requirement and we looked at it in in a previous lesson on fearful in his presence where we talked about the requirement the bible teaches us that to lack a fear for god is sin to a fear for the almighty is a must for the holy living if we are going to live a separated life we must fear the lord if we fear the Lord like we should, it will change our behavior. When we realize who God really is and have a proper respect and a proper reverence for Him, we will want to live a life that pleases Him. We will want to live our life in accordance to His Word. Then there is a benefit of fear. There is a benefit of the fear for of the Lord. First of all, when we fear the Lord, when we have a proper respect for the Lord, it helps us to obey His Word. It gives us a desire to walk in obedience to His Word. Secondly, it gives us a motivation to tell others about Him. It motivates our witness. It motivates us to tell others about Him. When we have a respect for the Lord, not only a fear and an awesomeness, but we need to fear the judgment of the Lord. We need to be afraid of the coming judgment of God. The fact of the matter is we like to talk about the love of God. We like to talk about the mercy of God. And it is important for us to understand that, that, G, that the mercies of the Lord are new every morning that God offers forgiveness for sin, and yet God is going to judge sin. And when we have a fear of the judgment of God, not only will it cause us to desire to walk in obedience to Him, but it will also cause us to see the need and motivate us to tell others that Jesus saves and that they can avoid the judgment of God by surrendering their heart and life to Him. It will give us a burden for our family. It will give us a burden for our friends. It will give us a burden for our neighbors. It will give us a burden for our co-workers when we really fear the judgment of the Lord. We find mercy when we fear the judgment of the Lord. When we begin to fear God, we find that His mercies are new every morning. As we fear the Lord, we find that the fear of the Lord brings provision. The fear of the Lord will bring protection. And the fear of the Lord will impart wisdom to our lives. We are to worship the Lord continually we are to worship the lord contritely we are to worship the lord corporately we are to worship the lord considerately then last of all the psalmist tells us that we are to worship the lord cleanly we are to worship the lord cleanly 
In verses 13 through 17, he said, Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut them to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all of their trouble. Er, earlier in this series, matter of fact, it was back in the month of February, we considered the passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, 14, that says, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We looked at this passage and realized that part of our worship to God is the pursuit of a holy life. And the ways that we pursue a holy life is first of all by comparing our life to Scripture, by looking in the mirror of Scripture and, and reading Scripture and walking in obedience to Scripture, not just hearing but doing the Word of God. Our pursuit of holiness then is by supplication and prayer and spending time in the presence of God. Then it is by sharing with one another and in fellowship. We find that this verse not only says to follow holiness, but it says to follow peace with all men. And the context of the verse on holiness has to do with how we are treating one another and treating one another. It is not simply our outward man as far as how we dress and how we look. But holiness has to do with how we deal with each other. And then we learn about the holiness of God and, and, and God's uh, provision and God's dealing from our surroundings and from nature. As we look at nature, we find uh, it tells us and reveals to us about God. The Bible says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. The fact of the matter is, we cannot do it alone. We need help to lift up the name of the Lord. And so, today, I want us to magnify the Lord, to lift up His name, to glorify His name, to exalt His name. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our honor. He is worthy of our praise. Next week, we will begin a new series uh, from the book of Malachi. And we will be, uh, it will be titled Messages from Malachi. And our first lesson will be The Lord Will Be Magnified from Malachi chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And we will talk about uh, the Lord from the book of Malachi. But could we this morning magnify the Lord? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us 
exalt his name together. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our exaltation. For you are the Lord of lords, the King of kings. You are the creator of heaven and earth. You are our shield and our our buckler. You are our fortress. You are our high tower. You are our place of refuge where we can run in times of trouble. You are our redeemer. You are our savior. Lord, you have redeemed our souls from sin. You are our provider. You are our protector. Your name is to be exalted and lifted up and glorified. Lord, I pray that as we lift up your name and glorify your name and worship you, and as we allow our lives to become worship to you, not only in our words, but in our actions and in our deeds, so that when people around us see us, it will cause them to magnify your name as well, that we would share you with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been Foundations of Pentecost. We trust that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more, please visit us at Foundations of